this is slashers your new favorite podcast about your new favorite horror media my name is adrian and with me as always are my esteemed colleagues co-hosts and cohorts doug and mikey boys say hello to the mutant goons from beyond hey happy monday mutant goons enjoy it as much as uh, garfield does hey everybody happy monday that was cute doug <laughs> oh i fucking hate mondays that's why <laughs> Uh, is it Monday? Oh, wait, it's Monday for our listeners. I was like, you almost gave Ada a heart attack. I know, because we're recording on <laughs> Friday. I'm actually I'm actually relieved right now. So, but yeah, so happy Women's March. This is our first. Ep- well, no, this isn't our first episode of Women's March. This would be our second. But that depends on if we get audio ready by Monday. So this may be the first. We'll see. This is our Women's March month, boys. So before we get into everything, we just thought that maybe we should go around the room, you know, like we're we're passing passing a note or some nefarious thing and just sort of talk about some of the new media or new horror media that we're consuming at this this time. So whoever would like to go first, boys, have at it. Well, um, I did end up getting a few uh, things from the Vinegar Syndrome sale, so I've been watching a lot of Vinegar Syndrome uh, stuff and some Shout Factory ones. I I did watch Alligator. Um, They did a new 4K version, and the thing is I've seen Alligator before, only on TV as a kid, and there's one scene that I thought I dreamt of, but it exists in that movie. It's a scene where the kid's on the diving board, and there's the, the giant alligator is in the swimming pool, and the kid gets eaten. So I mean that's something that traumatized me. I'm like I don't remember that. I just remember being terrified to jump in a pool and giant alligators in there. Um, so there's that, and then we got Debbie Does Dallas Part Two, uh, Drop Dead Fred. Which if you guys haven't seen Drop Dead Fred, that's great. Vinegar Syndrome just put a really nice Blu-ray out for that. And uh, I got the the Fred Halstead collection. So if you're into uh, underground LA BDSM uh, films of the late '70s and early '80s, uh, give those a watch. Vinegar Syndrome put that out too. I just like that you said BDSM. Sorry. I just had to say that. I know. It flows Continue. off the tongue so nicely for you. Like, I sometimes stumble. And it's funny because you can always tell based on how people say acronyms, how familiar they are with the subject. Because, mm-hmm. like, when you hear politicians try to say LGBT, <laughs> the it's same like, thing goes. Uh, uh, Jesus told me LGBTQIA plus and LMNOPQR, whatever. You know, the, it's the, the, the old boomers, like the ones in Florida. So, yeah. Or the ones in Texas, you know? So. Both. Both. But um, I just wanted to touch about Alligator real quick. So I have never seen it. I remember seeing the VHS cover as a kid. And well, I've seen it now, but let me just ease you. Let me ease you into this story, Doug. I don't want to just shove it all in. So, um,. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you must be watching always... the fred halstead collection <laughs> <laughs> i mean if it makes you say that then i might watch it but my friend took me to the alamo draft house they used to have this thing called like afg or something where it tells you a year a movie was made and it tells you what it's rated and then that's all it tells you and it's like buy a ticket so and i think usually they're like thriller or horror so um, I've always been interested in Alligator later in life because the VHSs, I collect them. I think you do too, Doug. Mm-hmm. Um, but the VHS for Alligator has always been very hard to find and really expensive. So um, when I found the opportunity, no, my friend took me to the Alamo Draft House showing and it ended up being Alligator. And surprisingly, that movie like holds up really well. Like there is a scene in there with where... I think you see someone walking in the sewer, but like the whole time you don't realize it, but it's like in the alligator's mouth and it like 
zooms out and you can see the alligator's been standing there the whole time. My friend and I looked at each other. We're like, that is fucking like way before it's time. Yeah, it's terrifying. There's a shot of the because the alligator is a big animatronic and it's in the sewer. And there's a scene where the cop like has a flashlight. And in the background, you see one of those big uh, sewer grates and you see the alligator just staring there with its mouth open. Yeah, it's I great. think and that's the what it was. Name is, yeah. And the alligator's name is Ramon. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the little girl like she's, she's like, I want a baby alligator. And so she buys this little baby alligator and the dad's like, you're not doing anything with that alligator. So he grabs it and flushes it down the toilet. And that's how you get alligators in the sewer. Okay, well, you guys remember Clarissa explains it all, right? Yeah. yeah. Or is that okay? So remember, she had an alligator in the little fake swimming pool, Elvis. Did it eat? Do you kids? remember? <laughs> I don't know, but she had it. I well, like, you know, she always she was always talking to Elvis. Remember, Sam would come up the ladder, and then she'd be like talking shit to Elvis in the little fake swimming pool, and I'm like. What the fuck ever happened to Elvis? And that's how you know that it was filmed in Florida, because who else would have an alligator in their bedroom? Yeah. I mean, it was a baby one because they're so cute when they're this big. You can hold them. Yeah, they are really cute. Well, that's a scary thing, too, because I've seen in Florida stories where alligators go into people's swimming pools, like the under the the underground pools and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. they, They go in the swimming pools. They climb over the fences. They can climb chain link fences. And then they usually end up taking people's pets. So mm-hmm. they're like, that's a big thing. Yeah. So if you have a, a, a retention pond or any kind of body of water nearby, there's always going to be an alligator or an incident that the alligator got in there. And so I always tell people like, I mean, I, I hate to say this, but remember that family, you probably heard it on the news, the family who was at one of the Disney resorts mm-hmm. and their, their little three-year-old got taken away by the alligator. Yes. You're not supposed to swim there. Like they tell you, don't go in the water. And I feel like people out of state think it's no big fucking deal. And they're like, I can go in a lake. It's a lake. Firstly, I'm not really scared of the alligators. I'm scared of amoebas and bacteria because our lakes are fucking nasty here. Like don't ever swim in Florida lake water, one. (laughs) And two, I mean, people do it. It's disgusting, but they do it. Um, And two, yeah, the alligator will take you. And then they do their little roll under the water and they like, roll their bodies and they just drag you under and they drown you and that's how they get you well remind me if i go swimming there i'll just say calgon take me away (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why i had that lesson about alligators but there you go we have like i just realized we had the trifecta of the states everybody loves to hate we have uh florida california and texas in the same room oh my god (laughs) yeah it's the three problematic children or the three horsemen of the united states I know. I fully. What would be the fourth one? New York. What would be the fourth? I guess New York. Yeah, yeah. New York. Yeah, all the other ones go fuck off. <laughs> Which yeah, is weird because we're literally on all sides of the country, like east, south. I mean, yeah, east, whatever. You know, never eat sour watermelons. <laughs> but anyways, so as far as like new horror, I can't talk. Horda. New horror, horror media that I'm consuming. Uh, this isn't really horror, but I thought I'd mention it because I thought it was funny. I just finished the season two of Euphoria and they play the theme song to Cannibal Holocaust as like their closing song. And I was like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> but the only thing I've been interested in is I just bought this graphic novel. I don't know if it was actually a book. I thought it was a book. But when I actually went to go get it, I was like, oh, it's a graphic novel. Cool. But it's called Something's Killing the Children. Mm. Um, oh, it's actually pretty cool. I have, I've just gotten into it yesterday, so I haven't put that big of a dent in it yet. 
but the guy when I was buying it was like, this is a really dope story. And I was like, don't talk to me. But um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I was like, cool. I'm excited You're to like, read it. I run a podcast. <laughs> I know about things. Yeah. So don't talk to me during women's, <laughs> women's month. Um. <laughs> that's why i order from amazon i get creeped out when i go to bookstores and like don't tell me about the fucking book <laughs> but yeah that's pretty much all that i've been doing what about you aid have you been doing anything other than our topic no i mean i try to watch new things and, I, and we always talk about this i feel like like i try to watch new things and i'm like oh but i kind of want to go back to something i'm familiar with because i need something comfortable to watch and something i like but as far as new media goes, I think the only thing right now, and I it's I guess it could be considered horror, season three of Discovery of Witches has just wrapped up. I've read all the books, so I would know what happens in all the seasons. Um, so I get to actually watch it because, you know, Dan did me a favor and um, Jack Sparrow the last season for me. So I <laughs> is that the one that's on it. Shutter? It, it was on uh, it's on AMC now. AMC picked it up. It was on Peacock, I think. It's the one like about like a vampire and a witch or something. Yes. Okay. With uh, with uh, who's that? Why can I think of their names? The fu- the the finest Irish guy that's in Leap Year and all those other whatever his name. Oh, my God. Why can I think of his name? Charles Matthew Good. Chris Matthew Good. <laughs> 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 no, Matthew Good. And then the other girl. Oh, Teresa Palmer. So you just came to me. I can remember. Matthew Good, Teresa Palmer. It's actually the, the books are very good. I I enjoy the books a lot. And because the, the author is a, an historian. And so a lot of the books are centered around the fact that the main character is a historian and she's She's, you know, dealing with all of this like shit. She gets to go back in time and all this stuff. So if you like fantasy, I think that a Discovery of Witches is more of like a mature version of a Twilight is more and it has demons in it, too. Ooh. So there's like a third, a third thing going on. But I wouldn't expect. Well, Mikey might like it. I don't think Doug or Jake would sit through it. Well, maybe Doug would. I might sit Doug likes it. the cheese. Doug's Doug a ro- likes the cheese. Doug's a romantic. Doug cheese me. Yeah, I'm a romantic. I like the fly. <laughs> i love the fly so that's about it i i'm sure there's more going on i really want to see well mikey you lied because you saw studio 666 so before we get into our topic today i would like to know is it worth it is dave Grohl super fuckable that's all i need to know no to the latter but i guess it (laughs) it depends on (laughs) it depends who you are i guess so let me just preface this with I know a couple of Foo Fighter songs, uh, the band formerly known as Nirvana Foo Fighters. But um, so <laughs> I didn't come in. Oh, she is manual on Women's Month. I treated her like this. Um, yes. No, but like so I wasn't like not a fan, but I wasn't a fan. It was just it, it reminds me of my childhood, you know, so there's that nostalgic. Um, but it was actually super fun. It was like the the way that I felt watching Ghostbusters, like with their comedy and with the way that they have the entities and stuff, because the original one, it's like, it's silly, it's goofy. They know that they're being silly and goofy. Their ghosts are goofy, but like with a tiny bit of actual creepiness to it. The only difference being that it's super gory um, and it has our girl Jenna Ortega in it. So that's a plus. But there's some really fun cameos in it. And it was just really fun. Like I highly recommend if you like horror um, to watch it even if you don't really care for the band or not. Um, 
but the music that they actually play because of course they're the Foo Fighters in the movie and they're playing music um, it's actually really good and John Carpenter helped make the theme song Cody Carpenter and John Carpenter wrote the theme song and you can tell because it's amazing the score is really good ah that's exciting I'll have to see if it's playing around here because um you saw that at the theaters right yeah the draft house I'm I'm pretty sure it's playing in L.A. And it's funny because I didn't even know it was out until I saw an article. I forgot which um, horror newsletter company like released an article that was like, if you support horror and you don't want remakes, go watch Cursed. Oh, which is another thing I saw. <laughs> I'm uh, just <laughs> I keep forgetting everything. Um, go watch Cursed and go watch Studio 666 in theaters now. So I just looked and I was like, oh, it is playing. Um, Because they were like, I the numbers might be slightly off, but they were like, Cursed is now at like three million. Um, Studio Six 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 just started, so we want to get the numbers higher. But like, Scream Five is like a super large amount of millions, so they're like, Mm. this is the numbers that uh, investors see when they're like, what do we release next? Original horror or remakes or sequels? I mean, I love Scream, but we need new stuff. Yeah, we need to get that Foo Fighters movie out here because I, I asked last time, like, what, what, that movie with the Foo Fighters? Like, oh, just go down to El Monte and you'll hear them fight it. Hey, Foo. Like, <laughs> that's the Foo Fighters for us. <laughs> that's funny. But great. Dave Grohl. Like, OK, so this is the last point that I'll hit on. You know, sometimes musicians don't make the best actors. And Dave Grohl was actually really good. A lot of the Foo Fighters held their own in terms of acting. Um, there was one that I won't say anything because I'm a very nice person. Who was like, <laughs> they should have spent some extra time with him with an acting coach. But the other ones did really, really well. But no, I'm really happy that you said that because I I was worried that it wasn't going to be, you know, anything worth watching. And people are hit or miss with Foo Fighters. So you either really love them or you hate them. I feel like I don't feel like there's people that are in between. I feel like or are there people like Dan? Like Dan's like, oh, is this a Foo Fighters song? I'm like, who the fuck are you? Like, you're like way older than me. How do you not know this? Like, this is ridiculous. What is like, how did you like, not... Don't break my heart. My honky tonk heart. Is my it? achy breaky heart. Achy breaky. Heart. <laughs> <laughs> he likes house music. Like the oh. only reason I know who Marshmallow and Tiesto are is because of Dan. Like. That's the kind of music he listens Damn. to. It's the white, I call it the white people dance party because we went to EDC <laughs> one year and I'm like, why are all these white people on drugs and dancing? I don't understand what's <laughs> happening. Um, but yeah, so so I'm really glad that we talked about our, our new new media this month because there's a lot of shit going on this year. I feel like especially because the last couple of years we've been in like pandemic mode. So nothing really new worth talking about or new exciting has really come out in fact i think last year one of the best things that i watched was a movie and i can't remember the name of it the fuck was the name of that movie i don't even remember it's with the guy from necrotronic that i really liked this movie and like nothing happened with it nobody talked about it again but it went straight to vod nobody made any you know any dent on it so i would like to do that movie at some point but what's it it's called? not really a fee I'm, I can't remember. Hold on. Let me find it. Necro. It's the guy from Necrotronic. Is that a band? We all. No, it's another movie that I need to watch. Ben O'Toole is in it. Starring Ben O'Toole. Bloody Hell. The movie's called Bloody Hell. It's a lot of fucking fun. Huh. So if you haven't watched it yet, it's this guy who basically he's going through a bunch of shit, but he sort of talks to himself. And so like his his alter ego like appears and like 
like fucks with him like it's really cool and and he gets he gets caught he basically gets kidnapped and he's like hanging in somebody's basement and he's trying to get out and like it's this crazy shit it's so much fun so if you haven't seen bloody hell yeah i totally recommend it but that was again like i said it's just really hard right now with the everything going on that anything new coming out is like streaming and nobody i feel like it when it goes straight to streaming like a lot of people overlook it does that make sense? It or does, am I, yeah, because people crazy? can pause it. People are like, oh, I'll just resume it later and you never finish it. And you got people coming in the house messing up your day, you know? Well, yeah. I think they also yeah. people overlook it because it goes back to the the video store days where you're like, I'm not watching that. It didn't even make it to the theater. This was my like my biggest pet peeve. My mom liked horror. She's the reason why I got into horror because I was chicken shit when I was really little. But she forced me to go see all these movies in the 90s. And every time I'd be like, I want to watch this one. Do you want to watch with me, mom? She'd be like, did it go to theater? And I'd be like, no. Mm. She's like, then no. And I'm like, oh, you pedestrian horror fan. (laughs) (laughs) Pedestrian. (laughs) Uh, She's one of those people that like like Blumhouse. Did you hear what Blumhouse said? He said that he he makes his horror movies for kids at the mall. And I feel like that's how you're, you know what I mean? Like, they're like, oh, let's go see a scary movie and let's text the whole time. It's Blumhouse. They well, they do follow us on Instagram, so we have to be careful. Oh, I mean, what we say very nice people that go to the mall. <laughs> yeah, I'm a very good actor and available in the months of December and January. <laughs> I will say the caveat here is that nobody goes to the mall, so yeah, they're making the movies. So it's a ghost mall, so it makes it even scarier. There you go, Blumhouse ghost malls. I actually and have the no. teenagers, the ghosts of teenagers with those flip phones. Remember where you flip it open? It's the kick. The sidekick. Oh my god! Sidekick, Do you yeah. remember like how long it would take back in the day, like to type a text message because you had to hit the button like six times yeah, to get what I you wanted? No. Back in high school, the girls with the long nails couldn't send their text. Like, can you press this enter button for me? You know why I don't know how long it took to text because text cost money back then, and I wasn't allowed yeah, it to did. text. Yeah. It was twenty five cents, but I had a prepaid phone, and it was uh, cheaper for me to text than to like take phone calls. Your burner phone. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was the only phone I could have, and I had it up until I think it was like nineteen, and then I finally got a real phone. I'm like, okay, maybe we'll stop with it. Anyways, um, so it's Women in Horror Month, guy. Well, it's not Women in Horror Month. That was last month, but last month we did robots. So this month. I, I think Jake threw me a boat and said that I could have Women's March. And I'm like, I think this is a great idea. So I really wanted to talk about, you know, in fact, I will give Dan credit because Dan even mentioned it. He's like, well, what if you guys talked about Ali Larder? And I stared at it because the only Ali Larder movie he knows is the whipped cream bikini of Varsity Blues days, which I love Varsity Blues. I have it. I have it on DVD. I think I have it on VHS somewhere in my storage unit. Like, that's how much I love that movie. But I'm like, actually, that's a really good idea because she's in a fucking ton of horror movies and horror movies I really like. So, Ali, I'm okay. I will say this. And I'm not, I, you know, while I'm not lesbian, I would be a lesbian if I had, like, she is. Oh, yeah. The picture behind you, she's gorgeous. No, she's gorgeous. It's not even just like how pretty she is. She's got a great body. Like I love like I used to back in the day when you used to have to like wait for magazines to like, you know, learn anything because you couldn't just Google Mm -hmm. people like I'd always like try and find out like, what does she do to work out? Like, what does she do? Because she's got a great body. And 
I remember they caught her on TMZ when she was pregnant with her first or second child and the camera's following her and the guy that's talking about her even says like, you would never know this woman was pregnant until she turned sideways. <laughs> like she looks completely normal. And like from the front, from the front, the cameras, you couldn't tell from the back, you couldn't tell. And then she turns sideways. <laughs> you can clearly tell she's like about to drop this baby out. I'm like, how does this bitch do this? Like, oh my God. So I adore her. I think she's great. I mean, especially with a lot of the, the, the work that she does, she has to be a lot very physical in her work. Like same with Miliovovich, I think. So I really think that them staying in shape, not not to look good, but to sort of be able to do these stunts and not, not have other people do them, I think is really important. So cheers to them. Cause did, did you guys know that she literally just turned 46? So she's not that old. Her birthday, February 28th, 1976. She literally just turned 46. No, she doesn't look like it. No, I know. Cause not, in, so. in house on haunted Hill, she's so cute. And like she looks like an adult, but then I see the Resident Evil picture behind Aid, and I'm assuming what that was like about ten years later, and she looks like better somehow. <laughs> like that's why I'm not afraid of aging these days. Um, I know I'm not a celebrity with a ton of money, but these people just make it seem so effortlessly. And I just would like to open up the pod, the show, by saying, even though we're like twenty minutes in, whatever. I love and I think every horror podcast or every horror magazine, everything needs to acknowledge Women's Month because women make horror like you cannot have a horror movie without a woman. Like it's just like it goes hand. I mean, yeah, there's movies that they don't have a woman in it, a, a woman in it. But like women are such integral roles in horror films that like they're so important. Yeah. Yeah. You termed the coin a final girl. You know what I mean? That wouldn't have been around. So, yeah. But um, it's funny because when I think of Ali Larder, when you mentioned let's do an Ali Larder episode, automatically I was like, House on Haunted Hill, it's she's in it, she's amazing. But when I think of Ali Larder, this was around the time that I used to call Mr. Movie Phone. And so when he would go through like the descriptions of the movies, he'd be like, and maybe I just called a lot during House on Haunted Hill, but he'd be like, Ali Larder. <laughs> So like that's what I think. Every time I hear their name, I think about Mr. Movie Phone saying it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. That's so random. Her, her, and Alicia Witt in Urban Legends. I don't know why oh those two stuck God. out with me. But when Mr. Movie Phone, she's in Hallmark movies now. That one. She's oh. in all these Hallmark movies now. <laughs> and I'm like that bitch. She got and she got a nose job too. So her nose is different from Urban Legend. And I'm like, that bitch got a nose job and now she's in a Hallmark. I wonder, I wonder if there's a correlation there. Just saying. It's in her contract. So. Like, you can do Hallmark. We just got to get you a nose job. Yeah. She, she's like, I'm Canadian. It's in my blood. I have to be in a Hallmark movie because that's literally what every Canadian actor <laughs> ends up doing is going to Hallmark. Yeah. Which I don't mind because I literally watch all the Hallmark movies. I'm a sucker. Like, I am a Gemini. So there's one, one side of me. All Hallmark, all fucking day. I don't give a shit. And then the other side of me wants to watch somebody's eyeballs getting eaten out and like, you know, brutally murdered. Yeah. Well, I will admit I cried on the Christmas shoes or was it the red shoes? I don't remember. <laughs> Those are two completely different movies. <laughs> is, is it? Yes. The one where some old lady dies. That's, all I That's probably oh, the Christmas the shoe. Mom, the mom has. Yeah, the mom dies. Yeah, because with shoes. there's a whole song about it. Oh, oh with the shit. Well, yeah, that's a country song. 
Which Mikey would know more than I, because where I live in Florida is not very, very south. Like we're all normal. Southern. And then, yeah, it's not very southern. <laughs> because I mean, Florida's it's the most Florida. southern state. So you're pretty it south, is, just not southern. <laughs> so we're all, most of us here, nobody really grew up in Florida. Like we're all transplants. Like I moved here when I was 11 from New York. So I guess I Ew. could represent New York if I wanted to. <laughs> I just don't like to tell people that because they always give me a funny look. Yeah. And then, um, <laughs> so, but like as far as, horror goes i think that there's a lot of actresses that encompass horror like we all you know and when the first thing you think of like i think of women in horror i always think of danielle harris i always think of you know nev campbell jamie lee curtis these are all girls that come to mind or women i should say that come to mind when it comes to being final girls but ali larder like never gets talked about in my opinion. I don't know if that, like, is that something that you guys agree with me or not? Because I never really. No, I, I agree as well. In fact, uh, not, not to pull a whole thing, like, I get confused a lot. I used to think Allie Larder um, was the same as that one, well, the one girl from Freddy versus Jason, then she was in Ginger Snaps, the one that's like, my hair smells like menthols. Oh, remember Kath- that girl? Catherine Isabel. Yeah, yeah. So I used to yes. get confused between the two. And then when I rewatched Final Decision, I'm like, no, that, that's Allie Larder. That's Claire in Resident Evil. Um, yeah, I don't think she gets because her her IMDb she does a lot of horror movies. You know what I mean? So that's that counts. She should be up there with Daniel Harris and stuff. You know, did more than Daniel mm. Harris to be honest. Yeah, because even Daniel Harris, um, I mean, she's she's most recognizable from being in Halloween and obviously the Hatchet films. But when it, she's in Stakeland, which is another good one, so maybe we should we should probably talk about Daniel Harris mm-hmm. at some point. And I've met her before. She's really sweet. She's very nice. And now, but now she's our competitor because she and Scout Taylor Compton are doing their uh, own podcast. I forget what it's called. Um, Slashers what is Two. It? No, it's like it's like it's a naughty name. Like it's cute. And they had Skeet Ulrich on the other day. I go these. I know. It's like I don't really consider them competitors because they're already like, <laughs> oh, Skeet Ulrich was. Gay. I know, and he looked good too in that little thing. I said, "God damn it! <laughs> like, how do we get how do we get Skeet Ulrich on here?" But um, you know, I just I I think that it, talking about Ali Larder, I think, is important because, like Doug said, I don't think she, people recognize her, and I can see people getting her mixed up with Catherine Isabel because they because of their teeth, and they kind of have the same features. But and uh, Jake does not like Catherine isabel at all so he doesn't i think no he like made a comment about her about the way she looked or something like she's very squinty faced or something i, I like her it smells like menthols like it's kind of <laughs> yeah she lo- she looks like she's a smoker mm-hmm. she does but i love her in american mary and so she's another one that i would love to you know talk about but anyways ali Lauder's at the at the front so we talked about with this episode guys that um the three of us would sort of like kind of pick a movie or movies that she's in and just kind of talk about it. And so who would like to go first? I'll go first. Well, actually, we should go in chronological order. So that's either between me or Doug. I don't know. House on Haunted Hill was 1999. Yeah, so it was, uh, well, you're first because Destination came out a year later. Okay, cool. Um, so I'll go first. In 1999. I'm just kidding. No, um, so The House on Haunted Hill... Maybe it's just me. I think it's one of the top most like the top best remakes ever made. 
Um, it does what I feel a remake should do, which is take something old and make it new and relevant and make it terrifying. Like the original House on Haunted Hill, it's good because, you know, people are like, you should remake movies that are bad and make them good. But House on Haunted Hill was not bad. It just was so long ago that remaking it didn't necessarily make it better, but it made it terrifying. I personally, so there's two like sub genres of haunted house movies. There's like Ghost and Poltergeist and then there's Demons. I tend to get more scared with like the demonic satanic stuff because, you know, I'm a guilty Catholic with a guilty conscience. So that shit scares me. Ghost, they can be creepy, but they've never actually like made me super scared because to me, a ghost is just a dead person that you can't see. But House on Haunted Hill managed to make ghosts super scary. And maybe it was because they looked kind of like monsters. But it was the first time that I saw any type of like that jittery effect where you see something standing there but the face is like going like at super speed to where it's blurry they use it a lot now but that was the first time i saw that effect in that movie and it was in 1999 which was already like in the height of my horror rebirth because you had halloween h2o you had scream 2 in 98 like so american werewolf no just kidding (laughs) it's gonna say american werewolf in paris but everybody hates that movie but i saw it around the same time um i saw it around the same time and so like this is when i started really getting into horror movies so when i saw the house on haunted hill freaked me out um i didn't even know it was a remake at the time so the good thing is it did make people seek out the older movie and watch it and be like oh cool older movies are actually really cool but in house on haunted hill we also have a lot of like pretty big actors at the time um you have tay diggs who did other horror movies as well um you have as aid says famke Janssen. Famke Janssen. uh jeffrey combs <laughs> which you know i'm ashamed to say but when i saw it originally i had no idea who he was um cameos by lisa Loeb, which was kind of funny and then spike from buffy um but the coolest <laughs> that, yeah. yeah the coolest thing is like sonia blade herself is in this movie as well um bridget wilson and i also want to give a shout out to bridget wilson and women in horror month because she was also in i know what you did last summer one of my favorite movies y'all jake probably hates that movie i feel like he hates that movie he hates that movie <laughs> but she plays the sister of um sarah michelle geller sarah michelle geller yeah. yeah and so and it's funny because she's like in in these movies she's like the anti ali larder like ali larder's like girl next door final girl innocent pure and like Bridget Wilson is just like given that like vixen, like sultry, like, you know, kind of bad girl look. So in how they were both in House on Haunted Hill and I thought they were kind of like playing opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of their characters. Um, but I love both of them. And Jeffrey Rush replaces Vincent Price. And dare I say he did a really good job. He didn't try to be Vincent Price, but he, you know, made it his own. They also played homage to Vincent Price because Price is Jeffrey Rush's last name in the movie. And so, like, it's just. I can watch this movie over and over again. Unfortunately, it's not streaming anywhere. It was in Halloween on HBO Max, but it's not there anymore because I tried to watch it again today. Um, But, you know, there's just there is something about movies in the 90s that we kind of touched on just within ourselves about how horror movies and music kind of tied together and made a bigger impact like we talked about trauma kind of introducing us like you know the underground type like punk and really fun um bands 
And they still do when they release movies. Um, like there was a band that I really got into after watching uh, Return to Nukem High. But um, this one had a huge like, hey, look at this song. And it was Sweet Dreams by Marilyn Manson. Like, I don't know if Marilyn Manson remade the song for this movie, but this is the first time a lot of people heard it. And like, it's like one of the most popular Marilyn Manson songs. I mean, even though it was originally by, I don't know how to pronounce their name, The Arithmetics. I don't know. Eurythmics. The Eurythmics. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, it's interesting that you say that because I think the first time I heard it was like on Dawson's Creek. They played it. Oh, they did? <laughs> but it, yeah, but it, it works so well with the film. And I love that the beginning, like, is at Universal Studios with the, with the roller coaster and everything. Jeffrey Rush does amazingly. Chris Kattan is in this fucking movie. Like, it, it was a product of his of its time it was meant to be like a pop culture everybody knows who's in it like let's go see it yeah. we've got marilyn manson doing something which we are we allowed to talk about marilyn manson right now i mean no I he's, so. he's 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 canceled oh but, he's canceled you know, yeah but his art is there he's still on trial so we're not <laughs> listen yeah I mean, I don't give a like. I'm not that I don't care, but with 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 him, like I know it's Women in Horror Month, but that is a like that is a very good cover of that song. There's something very sexy about it. Oh, like yeah. you could just like turn it on and like get it on <laughs> listening to that song, right? It's so good. <laughs> in fact, I mentioned that song at the end of my book. Um, there's a part where something happens and someone's like, "Oh yeah, Sweet Dreams" by oh, Marilyn yeah, Manson yeah, playing in the uh-huh. background. So like. Because whenever something like sinister happens, like that's the first song I think of. So I yeah. think it's such a good. I'm so glad you mentioned that because it is a very good nostalgic. Oh, yeah. It's so part. good. And it is yeah. really sexy. Like, uh, yeah. I can't even talk about it right now. Yeah. Oh, this is a nail biter. Uh, this will be Should another type of podcast. Oh, that's the <laughs> Slashers After Dark. <laughs> slashers <laughs> Confessionals. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I know I kind of rushed everything, but House on Haunted Hill is a movie that I can just like talk about forever because it's just it was the first movie that probably scared me as much as it did. My older sister really liked it, um, so she would take me a bunch of times to watch it because, you know, I was underage. So it just it's one of those movies that like means a lot to me because I feel like it I watched it in like a real formative time in my life and it really solidified like my love of horror, which like. It sounds kind of weird to say, but like horror is like one of my like biggest hobbies in life, I guess. Um, so, yeah, it's very spe- special to me. Yeah, I agree. I, it is. There is something very nostalgic about the movie. It was very gory at the time. I remember one of the images that sticks with me most at the beginning where they the, the guy puts all the pencils through her mm-hmm. throat. Yeah. Remember? And so there's something very vicious about the movie, but also like fun. Mm-hmm. And it's the the dynamic between Famke Janssen and Jeffrey Rush. And then Peter Gallagher is in this fucking movie. Like everybody is in this movie. Like, why is everyone in this movie? I don't understand it. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is pre the OC, I think. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I I think that it's worth talking about and, and we don't know because, you know, we, we don't have a lot of time. And I know that we said we would be like 10, 15 minutes for per movie, but I really do think that aside from the hokey compute CGI at the end, mm-hmm. if you take that out, everything else is great. 
especially yeah. like when she falls in the blood and she's getting pulled in that big vat of blood and that mm-hmm. like just the atmosphere and the set design and everything. Like, I mean, Doug would know more than that. Yeah. Like, I, more than me about that, right, Doug? Like you do this. Well, like I just, yeah. Well, I'll God. tell you, it's been years, probably ten years or more, since I've seen House on Haunted Hill. But I still remember um, the the house over the cliff. Mm-hmm. Like I like that still sticks out to me, where it's like over right over the water. Um, so it, I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I remember that, and I don't think any movie has like had a house scene like near the edge of a cliff like that in a, in a long time. So yeah, and I. I don't know if this was the first movie to do it, but it's the first time that I saw it because House on Haunted Hill, I think one of the reasons why it scared me, maybe it was because it was one of the earlier movies that I saw, but it did a really good job of having you fill in the blanks of what's happening Mm. to these people to make it more fucked up than anything that they could show you. Because like, for example, I mean, I think they probably got it from Nightmare on Elm Street, but when Bridget Wilson's character gets attacked um, and they go in there when they hear the scream, they don't see her. There's a trail of blood that's leading all the way around the room, but then it goes up the wall and then it disappears into the corner of the wall. So as a kid being like, what the fuck just took her into the wall? Like that was really scary. And then what also really freaked me out is because this is kind of the time I think when like video cameras were really becoming popular, you know, she's recording everything and she sees the ghost in her recorder right in front of her. And then she puts it down. There's nothing there. And she does it again. And then, like, they all, like, look at her. And I remember that being on the commercial or the trailer and being like, what the fuck? So, <laughs> Sonya Blade could not beat these ghosts. Mm. Yeah, that's why I thought maybe she'd survive. Because I'm like, they can't kill Sonya. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did like the fact that, it was, you know, when they showed the camera later. And you're right, because I remember it being gore- more, is it gorier, gorier than it was and it, when I, upon revisiting it just recently, because it was streaming, I think, on Tubi as well, because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, let me watch House on Haunted Hill. <laughs> and um, I'm like, you know, it's it's still gory, but it's not as bad as I remembered it being. And I think it's because I imagined it. So you're right about that. Yeah, so, it's really that bloody. A good, that's a good roommate. Yeah, it's really bloody. Yeah. And then also, like, just whether you're talking about the original or the new one, the chemistry and the relationship between the husband and the wife, it's pretty iconic. Like everybody knows it's the rich couple that's trying to kill each other, but like not really like they still kind of love each other, but they're going to kill each other. Like it's just to me, like, I don't know. It's, it was a very interesting dynamic that I haven't seen done before. I mean, except obviously if you watch the first one, but yeah, so it was just, you know, it's iconic. And that wraps up oh, for sure. my lovely summary of, the House on Haunted Hill, 1999. Yeah, so if you guys wanted to check it out, um, like like Mikey said, it's not streaming anywhere. You can get the old Warner Brothers DVD. Um, unfortunately, that Shout Factory Blu-ray of this one is long out of print, so you'll be paying a pretty penny for that. eBay it. <laughs> that's what. Yeah, so you'll pay seventy bucks for this. <laughs> Sounds like we have to. Uh, uh, I was gonna say Jack Russell it, but Jack Sparrow it. So Jack Russell. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, speaking of the 90s, so Doug, we're going to move on to you next because I'm really excited to talk about this. One. Oh, yeah. Okay. So here, it's, here's a very interesting one. This one came out in 2000. It's the final destination. I'm going to go with the first final destination because that's what I just watched last night. Um, and Allie Larder is in this and uh, she plays a very timid kind of um, kind of quiet girl in this film so it's you know it's kind of different from uh you know how she is claire redfield and all that and the other ones but this this film came out in 2000 
And we all know what happened on September 11, 2001, which is this movie's terrifying if you rewatch it again because there's so much stuff in here that I think after September 11th wouldn't fly involving airplanes. Uh, like all the talk they have, uh, like watching this kind of makes me crazy. Like w when they're going through the whole thing, uh, he's the airport scenes and stuff and going in like you can't do that now like half the stuff no. they do they would get kicked out of the flight before they even go on um but yeah ali lauder's in this uh devin sawa is very uh <laughs> he must have hit puberty bad in this i'm like i'm, I'm glad i watched this on dvd because if i watch this on blu-ray the pimple juices would be squirting all over the screen like his, his pimples are so bad in this he does have really bad acting no it's like really bad they even try covering it up and it looks like uh you remember uh the mom in dead alive when she's putting the makeup on and she rips her cheek up that's what it reminded me of <laughs> <laughs> I was just kind of waiting oh, for his like. So, so yeah, so so Devin Sawa, you know, you age like fine wine now, but Final Destination, like I said, don't watch that movie in HD because uh, <laughs> oh it, it won't <laughs> it won't be too good. But you know, we all had bad acne when we were teens, so but you know, everyone in here looked young. It, it's crazy because the st the style of clothing in this makes everyone look ten times older than what they are now. Sean, who, who's the, the guy that plays Stiflers in this movie too? Yeah. Sean, Sean Mike, William Scott. Yeah, Sean William Scott. Yeah, and he's he's yeah. wearing like uh, the big Junko jeans and everything, and and everything just like you can smell the '90s. Everything smells like a Spencer's gifts and like patchouli oil. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so so Allie Lauder plays. Uh, she's one of the survivors in Final Destination. Um, and this movie is very different. I think because there's still sequels. And the thing is, every single sequel is fun. I can't see the sequels are bad at all because this movie brought um, it's a slasher movie without a slasher. It's 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 death going after you. And it always starts the film with a gruesome uh, accident. This one happens to be the I, I know it's sad. To, it's crazy to say, but this is like the tamest um, opening disaster because it's just the plane exploding. You know what I mean? So I'm like, out of all the Final Destination movies, I'd rather go out with that plane exploding in this one than the highway or the bridge or getting hot wax poured on me um, like the other films. Uh, but, or the roller coaster. Yeah, the roller, roller coaster, coaster was scary. scary. Yeah, that one. See, I remember. See, Here's another thing. So Final Destination did a lot of stuff that um, movies uh, haven't done before. Like, for example, this one had, uh, you know, the 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 uh, the, the big cinematic uh disaster in the beginning and then it kills them off uh one by one which we'll go into in a bit um but ali larder is in the second movie as well too which the second movie is just as good as the first but the third movie now do you guys remember final destination 3 when you bought the dvd it, there was two versions of the movie the one you watch and the one where you uh make your choice so it's kind of like the goosebumps oh yes, yeah and you had yes. to use the dvd remote to pick like what what's this character gonna do go left or go right and they filmed all that stuff for the DVD. So you can end the movie right then and there, you know? <laughs> I didn't even know that that was there. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, that's the only movie I could think of. Like Final Destination 3. It's it's not on the Blu-ray. It's on the DVD. But yeah, it's like you choose your own adventure. So you can end the movie 15 minutes in. If you pick the wrong one, the, all, everyone dies. So. Well, we, was that the one with the roller coaster? The one with the roller coaster, Which, yeah. Yeah, so that we were taking shots. Of, we rented it, and we were, and I was fucking with it, like I, as I do. And I think it was like 19. I don't know. I was dating some guy around his apartment. And I had my girlfriend over there. We were taking shots of 151, and then I, I, I picked a choice, and everybody fucking, like, died from the roller I just remember this, because everyone dies, and like this gruesome, disgusting death. And my girlfriend, like my friend Claire, had just ran into the bathroom and threw up the 151 <laughs> in the sink because she couldn't watch it. 
So I'm sorry, Doug. Go ahead. I thought yeah, that was a well, fun anecdote. That's the only movie I could think of that has that Choose Your Own Adventure DVD, um, which is pretty cool. But the first movie, have you guys watched the original Final, Des- Final Destination recently? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's very serious. It's I would like it's more of like a horror thriller. Um, it takes itself very seriously. The sequels are more fun. Yeah. Um, but this one does have uh, the guy who is in he was he was the detective in Saw Seven. He plays Todd in this film, and it's still like even though I've seen this movie over and over again, his death is the one like I I cringe every time I see someone getting choked and their eyes turn bloodshot red. Ugh. He's the one that slips in the tub and the the mm. the, and the, the clothesline wraps around his neck. Yeah. So. Yeah. I remember I watched this with my mom. We rented it. Like she's like, let's watch it. So me and my mom are watching Final Destination at home on the TV. And I'm like thinking this is such a good, cool concept because death, I think death is one of the like death is something that you can't escape. Mm-hmm. So they, there's nothing they can do. And, and ultimately we find out by the end, there's nothing they can do to escape it. So I think that's what makes it the scariest and that they're all young people. Like nobody is nobody's old and like ready to like, you know, kick the bucket. Everybody's. All right. Well, probably younger than we are. Yeah, well, now. which is scary because uh, here's the thing: like, no matter like House on Haunted Hill's ghosts and um, you know Friday the Thirteenth, Jason, all these slashers and killers and stuff. This one it makes you think after the movie because I remember watching this movie too um, when I was younger and I was terrified. I'm like, if I turn this key tea kettle on, am I gonna? It's like, what's the house gonna explode? Is the microwave gonna blow up? Am I gonna get electrocuted? Something gonna fall on my head? You never know. You know, we can have an earthquake and the ceiling comes crashing down on me. So. It's scary to think about, isn't it? And uh, speaking of which, like after uh, before I watched Final Destination, two things happened. So one at work and one at the gym. And uh, this was two days ago at the gym. So we had like this squat rack and uh, the the trainer was there and he was like, oh, yeah, uh, the squat rack's, rack's a little weird. So there was two of us on each side and there was like a 45, a 45, 25 and a 25 weight. And uh, we're doing our things and right underneath it. And then the one guy comes up. He's like, oh, yeah, there's a snag up here. Let me fix it. And so. Literally, this is about within 10 seconds. I moved to go grab my water bottle. This one right here. So this probably saved my life. <laughs> and I went to go grab it. And the, um, the wire snagged and you just hear a big boom. And so if I was in that spot where I, it, it would have taken me like out from either here because the weight was up here. So that thing just slammed because it's it's in a position where it's in this rack. So it's not uh, it's not like lopsided. It's, it's in a straight rack that goes down like a the, like the guillotines. So I'm like, I even looked at him like, holy fucking shit. Like, I just kind of stood there. I'm like, I'm not sore anymore. I think everything just got sobered up. What the fuck? Oh, my God. There was that <laughs> exercise related death. I think it was in the third one um, with Texas Battle. I think his name is super oh, cool. Oh, yeah. And the, the, the weights crush his head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah! Yeah. Oh, no. Don't tell me that. Oh, my God. Yeah. You don't remember that one? I do remember. That was the third one, right? There's the third I'm one. I'm at the yeah. gym now. Is this the third one? Mm-hmm. I'm at the gym every morning now. Yeah, just and don't always go to the myself. ones where you, you have the head crush you. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's terrifying. But I have had something similar happen to me. There's one machine that my friend and I on leg day we go to. It's the one where the platform is like at a diagonal and you can either stand on it and squat and you're kind of in the air or you can face it and there's pads and you do a front squat. Um, and so I did it one time. He did it. I did it. We're on my last our last rep. And so I got off the machine and I guess it didn't lock properly or something. But we were standing there and like two seconds later, the thing just like collapses. So we call it we call it the death machine now. We're always like, do you want to go do the death machine? 
<laughs> well, you, listeners, you can't tell, but I'm cringing throughout the whole thing. Like, like workout accidents are like the. I think you said it's your kryptonite too. For me, it just oh, makes yeah. me cringe because I seen one where the guy was doing this leg press, and uh, he went too heavy. And you know, when you do leg press, you're not supposed to straighten your knees out. They're always supposed to be a little bent. Yeah, he went too straight, yeah. and what happened was they Ugh. went backwards. And- <laughs> Gross! I saw that one because he passed out, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. Because I, you know, people are squatting and when they come up, they don't breathe right. So their mm-hmm. brain just like shuts off for a minute. And he, his brain happened to shut off when his knees locked. And so, oh, I can't, uh, I can't talk about take, it. <laughs> yeah, you take, they, he took workout tips from Joe Rogan. That's what happens. Oh my God. So. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I can't. Uh. Well, I want to ask you guys in all the Final Destination movies, what is your most memorable death? Because there's one that I still don't want to like, I can't watch it when it comes on. And it's the gymnastic scene. Yeah, the gymnastics one. Well, see, that one that one was a great directed scene because uh, you never knew what was going to happen. No. You know, it could have been water. It could have been that nail that she steps on. I don't For me, it's I, I, all of them are really good. But I got to say uh, the one that makes me cringe the most, it, it's 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 either the LASIK eye one or it's the one where the mom gets her head stuck on the hook and her head's going up on the elevator. Ah, so, yeah. Ah. Because I always thought that would be like the most terrifying thing. It's like, you know, you're about to get decapitated, but you see it going slowly. Like that would be terrifying for me. That one also had the emotion that had the emotional weight because you were like, it was a mother and son. And you're like, well, you can't kill like a teenage son or his mom. Right. And they were like, yeah, you can. Yes, we fucking can. can. (laughs) And then his was gross, too. He got smushed by the glass like uh, window plate. Yeah, that was part two. Yeah, yeah. Part two. yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Okay, so like the first Final Destination is more serious. By part two, you start getting it feels more like Looney Tunes. Like I was expecting that kid <laughs> to have like the Wiley e. Coyote sign. It's like, uh oh, you know, before the glass. <laughs> <laughs> but what about you, Aid? What was your cringiest death in the movies? Well, what one of that? Well, obviously the, with the logs. So like anytime <laughs> anything with a log is on the road, especially because I'm always an I four. I'm always getting out of the way. I'm like, I'm not playing this game. Yeah. I'm not doing this. This is not happening to me. But there I used to. So when I was in college, I used to manage a tanning salon for mm-hmm. like three years. I was in, I was I was working at the tanning salon. So, they're, you know, the one with the tanning salon where they get stuck in there and they start frying mm. and their skin's popping and they're like, yeah, and all of this, because I always like anytime you're in there, you're so claustrophobic. And I remember at the <laughs> Tanning salon we were at, there were old tanning beds, and sometimes they'd shock you if you put your arms on the side. <laughs> like the things we did for tanning, right? Just to get the little Playboy Bunny tan line with the sticker or whatnot. Um, but yeah, that was awful. And there, she's in there screaming and smoking, and like you can hear the skin sizzling yeah. and popping. And I'm like, mm. and that one was scary because she was with her friend. And usually, when you're with your friend, you're safe. But it was both of them. Yeah, and they both it was got both trapped of in. them. Yeah, I know. Which they don't have tanning beds in the same room, which is completely fiction. <laughs> fiction, people. Well, it's funny because <laughs> tanning beds seem to be like a sore subject for some people. Because I mean, I'm naturally a nice Beyonce Carmel, but. And I still, I still know what you did last summer when Jennifer Hewitt gets stuck in the tanning bed when he zip ties it. People were like freaking yeah. their shit out in the theater. And I was like, can't relate. Sorry. Never needed a tan. <laughs> well, yeah, because she's like as white as a sheet. So yeah. she, five minutes in there, she'd be dead. But at the same time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like you just need extra crispy mode. I'm a slow oh, roast. 
You look like Barbara Bush by the time you're out. <laughs> uh, that's going back in history. But uh, oh my God. yeah, and I got to say too, this final, Des- it was final destination too, but it taught me a lesson that ever since I've seen it, my mom does it. My sister does it. Um, Yahira does it too. We're terrified of putting water bottles in our, uh, in Under- our cup holders while we're driving. Because Do you, you know don't want why? it to go under. You don't want it to go under the pedal when you have to brake. Because <laughs> I don't want it to go under the brake pedal. I think about but that, that too. Happens. I think that about that. Happens too. in real life. Yeah. Like that's why they they tell you not to wear flip flops when you're driving because your flip flop can get caught in the pedal mm-hmm. and then you're fucked because you can't you can't like. <laughs> well, that's that's like the magic of these movies. Is like these movies are still like they had such an impact on the public, even if like for non horror fans like. I mean, the first one, of course, everybody's already a little afraid of airplanes, but like the second one with the logs, there's still memes that are like, I still won't get behind one of these. And if you know, you know, um, the water bottle one, like there's a lot of stuff that people still think about, even though it was like, however long, like 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. 20. Well, oh, my God. 20 years ago. The suspense and the, the, the tension that builds up before the accidents is one thing I've always loved about these movies. Like this one builds it up when everyone's kind of nervous on the plane. Uh, Devin Sawa is like nervous. But everyone else is just kind of like, because there's a scene in, in this one when he goes on the plane. He's like, God's not going to make anything happen to this plane. Right. He's like, yeah. there's babies on this plane. Uh, there was a handicapped guy um, in the front row. He's like, yeah, God. He's like, what kind of God would blow this plane up? You yeah. know? so you never know that's scary yeah it's funny because it's like the opposite of sex final destination Mm -hmm. like they have so much stress and anxiety for like so long and then there's like that final payoff at the end but like it's not enjoyable so when you were talking about how it felt like i was like this is the opposite of sex yeah and then when i was watching again i thought of aid when i watched the first final destination with the teacher (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) she gets fucked up a drink yeah and then she's like (laughs) Okay, so, yeah. so at least you don't have one of those big computer screens to have the glass blow out in your neck so oh my god i know because i remember like when you're watching it as a kid you don't think well i wasn't a kid yeah i probably was a teenager when i saw it and now i watch it and i'm like oh my god <laughs> and dan's dan's in the background he's like that's you and i'm like shut up <laughs> yeah you <laughs> popped in my head when i watched this i'm like it seems like eight <laughs> like maybe like 20 30 more years <laughs> so oh my god but you know it's just it these movies are very like they're they are with us because they are part of our lives especially this one and it's interesting that you say that Doug because because 9-11 happened right after this one right like it's like crazy because you know one of the first things you think of the plane crash like you always think of final destination Mm -hmm. and you're like shit like now this is really happening so it's just I mean, all of these things gonna happen. I mean, they're they are pretty ridiculous. But even the NASCAR one, yeah, I love the NASCAR one where the the car goes flying over and the tire gets her in the face. Yeah, see, by the time it got to that one, that's pure Looney Tunes. Yeah, you know what I mean? I mean like it was pure cartoon. It was fun. So, but it's fun, and like you know, they're not. And Tony Todd is usually in all of them too, which is a fun little cameo. I think so. he's death. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Oh, so you think it's Tony Todd? I think it's Tony Todd. He's like the Grim Reaper, yeah, which is smart. You know what I mean? They never, throughout all the movies, they never say it's him, but he just pops up. That's so true. Yeah, Yeah, and he just like comes along. Yeah, Yeah, or he's the mortician. That's what he is. He's like, death, you never know when death's coming for you. It could be any time. It's like, have a good life. You know what I mean? So he he plays a very, I love Tony Todd. I, uh, you know, I, I, besides Candyman and Final Destination, I mean, he's, he's another horror icon too. So, 
Yeah. yeah maybe we should mm-hmm. have a Tony Todd month. So we should, because he does other things too. And I think that he, he, there's just something, the way that he speaks, he's, he's scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's very, but he's also charismatic at the same time. So like you sort of trust him. Yeah. He really plays so that in, uh, in Sushi Girl. That's one of my favorites. Mm. Sushi Girl? I haven't seen that yet. It's amazing. Uh, what? Yeah, Do you not that's... like it, Aid? <laughs> I just like that we're talking about women and sushi and the same things. I'm just like, my mind went somewhere. It shouldn't have gone. I was going to recommend, I was, I was going to say we should talk about Sushi Girl during Women's Month, but I was like, probably don't want to talk about a movie where a woman lies naked for the whole thing with sushi on her and men talk about business around her while eating sushi off of her. But, I mean, that's kind mm. of empowering. I would do that. I mean, at the they used to do that downstairs at Shakai. They'd have like naked girls, and you'd go eat the sushi off of them. Yeah, it's like is that is that is that sushi or is that her? Oh my god, Doug! I mean, I mean, since COVID, we don't do that anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh Could you god. imagine okay. a sushi girl during COVID who's naked but has a mask on? <laughs> mask on like her cooch or her face both depending on what's going on <laughs> anyways um so i yeah and that but that's the thing is like ali is in first the part one and part two part two she has more i think of a main character vibe but i think she she dies though right? she dies, Doesn't she yeah. die for, she's yeah. more like the hero like she knows what's going on so she's basically um, the final girl for the second one, she knows what the fuck's going on. Yeah, and she's in that mental institute too, though, which is kind of sad. It's like it's like, what, what would you do if, if you knew everything was trying to kill you? What would you how would you live your life? Yeah, so she put she put herself in there, right? Yeah, and so that that was like super, like oh my god, but yeah, because Kurt Smith died in the first one at the very end, and then I think Devin Sawa, like they mentioned in part two, that he died from something. Yeah, there's like a newspaper clipping that mentions he died or something. Yeah. But. Which I don't even understand why Devin Sawa wouldn't come back. This is not like he was doing anything else at the time. Like, we'll ask get him. Get your ass back in the movie. We'll ask him. <laughs> yeah, we'll ask him. Isn't then. he following us too? Yeah. He liked Jake's a sour patch tweet. <laughs> okay, well, sorry, Devin Sawa, for making fun of your acne. I had a bad acne Which, too, so. Well, you know, because Jake talks shit about him too, and I'm like, am I the only person who likes Devin Sawa? Absolutely Devin not. Was very ugly in this movie. I don't know what people said. Like he's a heartthrob. Like he's what? just a kid. Uh, no, yeah, this movie he had the hair, but that was very. Every guy had that hair back then. I remember this, but. There was something about like the gap in his teeth being very prominent in this movie that I never noticed before because when he was younger, How like dare in you. Wild America and other ones, like he had this. Well, <laughs> I know, but kidding. like his is like his is very there. Like the goofy like, movie. Doug, move your Doug, move 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 aside, Doug. Let's see if we can see the gap. All right, Devin Sawa, your turn to shine. You can see the gap. He looks. <laughs> <laughs> see the gap and Doug was even in the way That's oh my goodness <laughs> one tooth was on each side of his shoulders <laughs> oh my god okay so we're coming up on the hour we've got we gotta start wrapping this up <laughs> so a couple of honorable mentions that I just wanted to mention well obviously the Resident Evil movies I loved I have her here uh, it was it was a nice surprise to see her I think in Extinction because Extinction I thought was really good I did not like Resident Evil Apocalypse. I was one of those stupid kids and I felt like forever, but it was only two years because I was looking at the things today. But when I saw the first Resident Evil, I didn't want to see it. My brother 
made my mom buy it for him because he was playing the video games. Was he disappointed because it's nothing like the video games? Yeah, he was. He, I mean, I don't know if you, when you watch the video, like he was bitching about it then and he's in his 30s now. Yeah, still I was going to say, y'all did like a little quick <laughs> video about it. Yeah, he's I was still, so disappointed He's still too. complaining. <laughs> Anyways, he was upset about it, but it was one of the things that we bonded for because we never got along when we were growing up. We, we fought like viciously, like we hated each other. But Resident Evil was always something we bonded for. So, you know, every time a new one came out, we went and saw it together. My mom took us to see part two because she knew we both loved it. And I thought, felt like it waited forever, but it was such um, it was such a disappointment. Part of the apocalypse was awful, terrible. Extinction came out. I'm like, I'm thinking, how much better is this one? Because Millie Jovovich was such a badass. I loved her in it. And then, poof, like, here comes fucking Allie Larder. I had no idea she was in this movie. And she just shows up as Claire Redfield. So thought she did a great job with that character. I like that, that she reprises the role in part four. She's not in part five, I guess, but they show her again in part six in the final chapter. And I'm like thinking there were six movies because I don't even <laughs> fucking remember part five. Like what the hell happened? I know I've seen them all because I went to the movies with my brother to see them. So, I mean, that just shows you that the movies are not that great to begin with, but some of the characters are always memorable. And I think that she's one of them. Like I care what happens to her and Claire Redfield and Chris, her brother, Wentworth Miller, who came out of the closet. Whoop, whoop. Uh, is also one of yeah, us. Know, right? One like, of us. I'm just kidding. Who knew? <laughs> but who knew? Because I used to love him in prison break. And you know, whatever, it doesn't matter because you know the other one was cute too. <laughs> so um Dominic Purcell. Mm. <laughs> He's hot. <laughs> yeah, prison broke him. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, but like she was such a good character. And this particular scene behind me, I just want to talk about before we, we take off. This scene was the first time I'd seen a 3D movie in the movie theater in the rain. And whatever it was, maybe I, but the rain looked so beautiful. Like I remember thinking how incredible it looked. Because remember, you had to read the, wear the 3D glasses. Yeah. yeah, I remember. Do you remember that? The big point Dexter glasses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The rain was so beautiful and I was thinking and it just was so pretty on her skin and just like it was like this like I I can't I just remember looking at it just being awed by how amazing this was because like we didn't have you know like the last 3D thing we had was I think my bloody valentine and it looked like shit so like who gave a shit right so it wasn't a oh you know I think Stella heard your dog because she just barked <laughs> I think now. so Stella responded. She's like, I know these bitches. So, but anyways, oh, and then, so Resident Evil, whether you love them or hate them, I do like them. I love Miljevovich. I think they're great. I think they're fun. Just like Final Destination. They're a good time. Are they, you know, are, do they follow the video game? Do they follow Capcom? Hell no. They're all like, no, they're complete. I really feel like Paul W.S. Anderson just put Miljevovich in there because I think he was dating her at the time. Now they're married. And their kids look just like them, by the way, because I follow her on Instagram. But like, you know, yeah, of course, the girl you're fucking, you're going to put her in all the movies and just make it a character specific to her. Right. So, you know, we had to wait until the third movie to get Claire and Chris. And then Leon doesn't even show up until part five. So like, what the fuck? Because like Leon is like the best thing about Resident Evil, in my opinion, but whatever. <laughs> so there's that. And then obviously I wanted to talk about, thank God you mentioned it, Obsessed, yes. Mikey. 
<laughs> Obsessed 2009, which is like the fatal attraction of modern times, I should say, because it's not only does it have her as the crazy one trying to get an Idris Elba's pants, because who wouldn't? Mm-hmm. But Beyonce is his fucking wife in the movie. Beyonce is in Obsessed. Yeah. Like, we what have the, the Beyonce and uh, Ali Larder showdown. And showdown. What oh I- my God. I like. <laughs> What I, so I've mentioned this a couple of times because in the 90s, we had a lot of like, you know, Poison Ivy, Devil in the Flesh, The Crush. We had a lot of like infatuation movies where they turn deadly. Like, oh, the next door neighbor likes me, but I'm married. I can't. Let me flirt a little bit, but I can't. But, oh, this is getting too crazy. Now we have to hide it from my wife. Oh, shit. She's a killer. Like, we don't have those anymore. And I really like those because I am also crazy myself. But um, <laughs> but so Obsessed came out and that was probably like one of the last times we had that kind of movie. Uh, and I remember watching The View because when I used to live in California, I had class at like noon was my first class. So I would watch The View before each class. And Obsessed came out and they were interviewing Beyonce and they asked her, so who would win in a fight, you or Allie Larder? And... You know, Beyonce's just nice by nature. So she was like, eh, but I forgot what she said. She said something like, I wouldn't have any problems. So it was just, she answered it without answering it, which is funny. She'd played, you know, the psycho obsessed stalker really well. And then Beyonce was a good actress too for it. Uh, um, yeah, everyone was great in that movie. I mean, that's a really good movie. Yeah. And I don't know why more people. There's one with, what's her face? The one from 27 Dresses. Why can I think Catherine today? Heigl? Catherine Heigl. Uh, she's she's in, in her one. life. <laughs> yeah, but she plays a good one. And there's another one that's like that a few years after that. And I remember she's sitting in her living room getting pissed off, looking at her new husband's life, drinking a glass of wine. I'm like, oh, my God, is that going to be me? <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, no, I think that that one is so good. Or the Obsessed is really good because it. It sort of brings fatal because fatal attraction is very vicious. And I don't think in Obsessed, does he ever cheat on his wife with her? I think he does end up doing it once. Does he cheat? Yeah. Does he sleep with her? You know, I have to revisit that now because. I think it was just the tip. I I feel like they made out or something like it wasn't anything like in fatal attraction, like Michael Douglas has an entire affair with Glenn Close and her bad boobs and her (laughs) and her and her perm. And I'm just like. You know, he had like this whole this whole elevator scene where he's like taking her tit out and like doing all this stuff with it. <laughs> and I'm like, like, he deserved it. Like, I was thinking like, you know what? You fucking deserve it, you piece of shit. And the only time you ever get upset is when they go after the family. But I feel like an obsessed, I feel like it's, she's just literally just obsessed with him. Like, I don't really... I don't know if he really reciprocates anything. I can't. Re- I have to go back and watch this goddamn movie. I now. have to rewatch it too. I saw it yeah. on HBO, like one, like not oh HBO god. Max, but HBO TV. Let's yeah. all watch it and call each other afterwards. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> we'll do a, <laughs> we'll do a watch party. Yeah, Doug. We should do this in the, the next watch party. Obsessed. Yeah, we'll do a call your girlfriend's <laughs> version of watch party. Jake <laughs> is gonna sit there. Popcorn and mimosas. I know. So, um, you know, but that's the thing is with Allie Larder, I just, when my final thought on her, and then we can go because I know I've kept you guys too long. But with Allie Larder, I just think that from whipped cream bikini, I remember thinking I should hate her, right? 
Like every girl back then is like, I should hate this bitch. She's trying to get James Vanderbeek. Poor Paul Walker's got no leg. Like what's going on? And I didn't hate her because I remember at the time she was like, I have no future. I need to get the fuck out of here. Like he was my future and now I got to find somebody else. And I remember her, like, I remember thinking, cause that was a big thing back then. And that's how I was raised. Like we were raised back then was that we had to rely on a guy to get us out of our situation. Right. Mm. Like that's just, we, you know, I, I don't really know, think it's so much prevalent now, but that's, that was really a thing back then. Like we, we like we couldn't just fix our situation we had to have a guy help us out like we had to have a guy you know that was it that was it and i remember thinking like oh my god how awful it must be that she's stuck here in this shitty little fucking town and her only ticket out like hurt himself and now because of john voight and now we have you know and and she uses her her sexuality to get what she wants and i mean did James Vanderbeek fall for it? I think he did a little bit because, you know, remember Amy Smart, we all thought was pretty, but we look back on Amy Smart and she's a little cracky looking. I don't know. I'm just, maybe it's me. Do we think that? Am I the only person who thinks she's a little bit cracky she's looking? She's a little cracky. I could see them, you know, <laughs> when she looks at crack rock or diamond rings, you hear the song hungry eyes. And she's like, <laughs> I know poor, poor Amy Smart, bless her heart. So, I mean, I just think that, with Allie Larder, like she's so underrated because she has all these facets and we talked about it before. Like I can still quote her from legally blonde and I love her part. She plays a very small, I mean, it's an integral part of legally blonde, but is it a big part? No, but you always remember her from legally blonde and like who she was. And what did she say? She was like, well, let me show you a picture of his dick. And then <laughs> <laughs> because they were like, well, why would a 24 year old be with a 60 year old? She's like, let me show you a picture of his dick. And we'll talk like, I'm like, I love you. <laughs> like you're the best. Like she plays these amazing characters. And so, you know, even, even in that sense, and it, even in final destination, she's timid, but she has, she has a presence. And I think that she was underutilized in part one and they finally were able to let her shine in part two. And of course she's in a bunch of TV, but yeah. And she also has a connection with Lake Placid. Her, how her cabin in final destination is the same one from Lake Placid. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. So the cool more trivia. You know. <laughs> the more you, the more you know. Okay. So now that we've come up to the end of the episode, uh, what's going on with everybody, Doug, what is going on with B movie TV? Oh yeah. So, uh, every Friday, basically it's fully stacked. Fridays at 8 PM is Friday night action. Saturday night is Saturday night tears with Yahira or Jake. Um, whatever new episode, if it's not a new episode with Yahira, it's a, it's a, uh, rerun of Jake's episodes. And then Sundays at 10 PM is uh, grandpa Oates cinema wood chipper. So if you like how we talk here, you know, you have an old, uh, an old crustaceous man, uh, basically doing interviews with some random people and, uh, a lot of different skit shows. If you like shows like Tim and Eric or, uh, just basic bad public access TV, then you'll like grandpa Oates cinema wood chipper and it's on B movie TV on Roku. Okay, and so Mikey, where can we get any Slashers podcast merch? What is the well? Where, where should we go? If you'd like to rock our merchandise, you can head over to Redbubble, where you can find an assortment and an array of designs by our lovely Jake to garner on your skin or drink from, if you prefer a cup, maybe a sticker. <laughs> Redbubble.com slash what is it? Slashers, slashers pod. pod. Why is <laughs> slasherspod.redbubble.com oh, slasherspod.redbubble.com 
Yeah, you can get your Guncho stuff. There's stickers. There's bubble gum. There's books. Uh, they they make uh, y- you could get baby clothes out of them too. So Aww. I can get some pasties. Pasties, no. yeah. <laughs> slashers, Guncho, Diva. Cu- there's a Diva cup slash uh, Guncho. So there you go. Yes. Can I get a jockstrap with your, uh, Guncho? Yeah, the, you know, the nose is the cock section. <laughs> <laughs> we'll need to do a photo shoot. Oh, I'm down. <laughs> Well, we should. I mean, if we're all in one place, we should just yeah, like Yeah, when you guys just, come, yeah. we'll, we'll do the nude photo shoot with the goon show material, so. Yes, coming soon. We should do like one of those photo shoots like with Seinfeld. <laughs> like everybody. The like, bridesmaid <laughs> photo shoots where they're all naked and artsy poses. <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh, God, how bad would that be? Anyway, um. <laughs> We'd probably think, get more listeners. <laughs> well, I think all of I our know. spouses would object except for yours, Doug. <laughs> she'd probably join in too. Yeah. She would join yeah, in. She'd be like, I'm there. <laughs> I know. Your hire is like the only one that's like totally in on it, yeah. right? <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah, so we have a lot going on, guys. So please go ahead and give us a follow if you're not following us yet on Instagram at Slashers Pod or on Facebook at Slashers Podcast. You can also follow us on the Mutant Goons from Beyond page on Facebook or on Instagram. And we're all on Instagram, so please make sure you come and find us. We've got Horror and a Half Shell for Mikey. We've got at Doug Bizarro for Doug. We've got at Pathologically ADE for me. With that, I just want to say happy Women's March. Woo! And goodbye and good day. Bye!